0: Live. Live from. New York. To New York. This is the Just End the Suffering podcast. Wait for the win. Got it! Oh! He broke his ankle! Follow me!
1: Follow me for freedom! You already put it. Here's your host, Mike, Mike Phillips. Phillips.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's episode of the Just on the Suffering podcast. Your New York Sports Hall, long suffering fan. Your host, Mike Phillips. I got a good show for you this week, the second show of the week. After taking a little bit of a delay on the NFL coverage, I respect to the Damar Hamlin situation. And good news as we're recording on Thursday, he seems to be trending in the right direction. We are going to go ahead and do our NFL picks thing. we be joined by Phil Lombard. We're going to have a little conversation with Phil about Damar Hamlin situation, about the Giants, about the Week 18 schedule. All that stuff coming kind up of with Phil in just a bit. We're also going to remind everybody here, if you like what you hear on the Just and the Suffering Podcast, feel free to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, all the usual suspects. Simply search for Just and the Suffering Favorite Podcast platforms. You can find our episodes there, including our episode from earlier in the week. I spoke to Dan Federico about the Yankee offseason as so I recap the college football playoff. That episode is in the feed as well. Feel free your feedback and starring as well on the podcast even better going forward. Check out the YouTube page, Mike Phillips on YouTube video version of the conversation with Phil is up on YouTube. That is Mike Phillips on YouTube. Without any further ado, let's get to our opening tip. We're going to sort of set the stage here for week 18. That's going to be coming up here right after this. Three, two, one. Y'all ready for
1: this? The opening tip. And
0: here
1: we go.
0: All right, opening tip time here. Sort of resetting where we are in the NFL week here. I'll lead with the good news here about Damar Hamlin here. He has been making a bunch of positive progress here as of recording on time on Thursday morning. He has woken up from from his uh, sedation in the hospital. He is you know awake. He's responsive. He is neurologically intact, according to the doctors. And I love this note when I heard it from the from the University of Cincinnati Medical Department when they said that. He asked if the Bills had won like via a written format because obviously he can't talk because they had to put a breathing tube like in him. And then they, their response was you won Damar. You won it life. Like mean, that's fantastic. It's great to see that here. And right now, like there's still a little bit of flux right now as of recording time with the NFL playoffs in here because obviously they made the decision to not continue Bills Bengals which I think was the right call psychologically for these guys. And logistically, just, you know, not possible to sort of squeeze in without severely altering the playoff format here. So the conference committee is meeting as they speak with potential options here. But what could happen with this? So I'll keep an eye on the, this. There'll be a blog post coming out over the weekend with my reaction to what they end up deciding to do. But in terms of this situation here, what we got here, a lot of big games this weekend. The locals don't really have big games. The Jets' big game is that they're going to try... They're both sort of involved with playing spoiler, in a sense. The Giants, obviously, have everything wrapped up. Sounds like they're going to arrest everybody against the Eagles, who are playing for the number one seed in the NFC. And it's not the Giants' job to slow them down. It's the Giants' job to get regular for they're playing in the playoffs next week. So, fully understand that, fully get it, fully support the Giants' decision here. The Jets, right now, they are trying to, you know, win a game against Miami. They could potentially knock the Dolphins out of the playoffs here. There are reports coming out in Miami that uh, Stephen Ross could overreact and just fire everybody if they go from eight and three to eight and nine, miss the playoffs. That would be wild if you think about it. But it's considering here the Jets, they are training the wrong right? so They have a losing season here. They've went from seven and four to seven and nine, which is not ideal. But if you could find a way to get a win the last week, that would be a good confidence booster heading into the offseason. Who plays quarterbacks is an open question because I know that Robert Salas had earlier in the week that. They're going to stick with the veterans because uh, the veterans have earned the right to finish the season. In other words, no Zach Wilson you know the game. nothing. As recording today, Mike White, who was listed as a full focus in practice yesterday and at the walkthrough, is downgraded to limited today and blew off his media availability, which is very bizarre. So something's up with the Jets. We'll keep an eye on that as well. I know he was under center. Mike Gazzabee and Mike White can't go. With Joe Flacto. I know there's a conspiracy theory element here that maybe Woody Johnson is trying to get them to look at Zach Wilson again, but what could you possibly gain for one week? of Zach Wilson that he could show you and say, oh my God, that's the guy. You have enough tape to know you need a quarterback. Come on. Other games to know this week. The NFL did some weird scheduling here. They sort of split up games that should be grouped together for competitive balance in the interest of generating ratings here. big example here is that the Chiefs and the Raiders are playing on Saturday. Even before the Bill game, this is an issue because we knew about this before the Week 18 schedule was finalized. Because the fact is, the Kansas City outcome here, if they win, they could potentially... Lock up home field before the game starts. So that's a problem here when you have two teams, you know, trying to do this. The Bills are playing the Patriots who need to win to get in the playoffs. If they lose, they opposite the door for Miami, who would need to beat the Jets to get in, or the Steelers who would get in if the the Dolphins lose and the Patriots lose and they win against the Browns. I think the situation with Damar Hamill may have changed this a little bit. I feel like the Bills are kind out inspired either way. But I feel like this was not a good decision by the league. The AFC North right now, Cincinnati and Baltimore playing at 1 o'clock. The winner of that game wins the division. So Cincinnati wins. They win the North. lock, lock the Ravens into the sixth seed. The Ravens win, I believe it comes down to win percentage. I think they're going to get it. Again, I'll, keep, I'll do a blog post and just sort of update you on what's going on with that. The NFC side. The one seed's up for grabs at 425. You have the Eagle game you got the Cowboys and the Commanders. you got the 49ers playing the uh, Cardinals at that point. So what you need to know in that situation here, Eagles win, they get it. Eagles win, they get home field. If the Eagles lose and San Francisco wins, San Francisco gets the number one seed and the Eagles be the two. If the Cowboys win and the Eagles lose, the Cowboys win the NFC East. And if the Cowboys win while both the 49ers and the Eagles lose, they will be the number one seed, which is pretty wild to think about here. So that's the NFC one-seat scenario. The wild-card spot in the NFC is down to just one. You have either Green Bay, Detroit, or Seattle. In the past, these kinds of games are sort of, you know, played together. Where you say, okay, the the results are tied in together because the the math is this. Green Bay wins their rings. They have all the tiebreakers. If Detroit wins, they need Seattle to lose to the Rams. If Seattle wins, they need Green Bay to lose. So well, theoretically, these games should have been being played at the same time, but the NFL prioritized ratings. They put Green Bay, Detroit at eight fifteen on Sunday Night Football. They put the Seahawks game at four twenty five. So Detroit will know by the time they take the field, if they're in, if they're alive or not. The league's probably hoping that Seattle loses. So they have the true winner go home game for two seventy two, but there's a risk that this game, you know, Detroit starts out, you know, they're already eliminated. They play hard for a quarter, and they go. You know, like, what are we doing here? Like, we're we're behind. Like, let's just, you know, protect ourselves. From we're not going to go as hard, and then Green Bay runs away. That would not be ideal for the NFL year. This could have all been avoided because they had a perfect game 272, by the way. They had Jaguars-Titans. Winner-take-all for the division. Loser would be out. They chose not to take it because I'm sure NBC did not want that game for ratings purposes because, you know, the Jags are ascending. You look at a Titans team that's lost, like, five in a row, and they are starting Josh Dobbs at quarterback. That is not ideal. And the Jaguars, as yes, they're young and exciting, but they don't have the kind of star power nationally. They're loved the NFL's low, like uh, smallest markets. I'm not surprised they didn't take the game, but I never want to hear the NFL again say that Week 18 schedule about competitive integrity. They picked the ratings twice. They gave ESPN Mahomes, in my opinion, to make out of the fact that they, they sell ESPN with the jaguar tight game. That's on Saturday night. That's one of the two Saturday games. That Saturday schedule sort of really throw monkey wrenches in the whole competitive balance thing. And they chose Aaron Rodgers' ratings over that game. So that's something you can factor in here. We'll see how this all plays out in a minute. We're going to do our NFL picks up next with Phil Lombardo right after this. Show me the money. Let's look at the spot for a block. I took a over Frost but still got a knock. All right, show me the money. NFL picks for week 18 are here. A little delay this week. I respect for the Damar Hamlin situation. Joining me today to do the picks here is Giants are going to the playoffs. Happy New Year, Phil Lombardo.
1: Happy New Year, Mike. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be back on. It's been too
0: long. Yeah, certainly has been too long. So we're kicking off 2023. Obviously, we pushed back a little bit in the week after what happened with uh, Damar Hamlin here. It's Definitely encouraging that as of recording, time still like he's heading the right direction. We heard today that he is now awake. He's communicating like, uh, uh, with like via written methods with, uh, his doctors and the family members. And I did think it was cool when they said today that, like, one of the things he, first things he asked me woke up was, did we win? Then they said, you won, Damar. You won at life. I that was awesome.
1: Oh, yeah. Without a doubt, something, uh, heartwarming, definitely wholesome moment that we all needed yeah. after what happened. Because I mean, let's be real. That was one of the most unsettling things anybody has ever witnessed sports fan or not yeah. um, to see what all those young men were going through just huddled around him and the uncertainty that that brought to the situation was just, uh, it was a lot to kind of, to handle
0: Yeah, it certainly was here. I think the right call was made right now. Obviously, in the moment, I don't know where the five minutes came from, the warm-up period, but Cooler has prevailed. They did not resume the game. They are not resuming the game here. I think, considering what these two teams went through, I think it's the correct call not to force that game in.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, it's easy in the moment to uh, let emotions get the best of you and, and say that the NFL really botched the initial reaction. Um, I think that we have to we have to give them credit for getting the the decision right in the end. But also, really though, what bothers me is that there it's it always feels like money is coming first with the NFL. It always feels like ratings are coming first. It's that it was a little perturbing, a little irksome. Um, sometimes it kind of shows that some of these NFL executives and just higher level management people in, behind in the NFL are just kind of out of touch. Um, but you know what? I think they got the the point got across to them and I don't think they'll be making a mistake like this ever again.
0: Yeah. I don't think they will either here. And I do think it's, I don't know I, how much of the ESPN coverage did you stick with? Like at, while it was going on. I, I watched it pretty
1: much all the way through because I was just in shock. Um, during the whole thing, I was trying to process it and I wanted to hear what everybody had to say. So I watched it all the way through Scott Van Pelt and Ryan Clark. And I thought that was some, some of the most eloquent speaking on air I've ever heard between Scott and, uh, and Ryan. So, I mean, kudos to them. I also thought Booger McFarlane being a former player had a lot of really insightful things to say. So I thought just, you know, as a whole ESPN did a great job and I have hard time giving ESPN credit these days with a lot of the stuff they do. But um, I thought they handled the situation in the moment as well as you possibly could. Yeah, I think they absolutely did here. I
0: mean, there was no speculating. There was no, like, rampantly guessing about, like, stuff that didn't matter in the moment. It was just more of like, hey, here's what's going on. Let's, like, speak from the heart. I thought they did a great job with that compared to, like, some other networks which e- either did not cover it in the moment, um, and NFL Network gets a big whiff on this because they just were replaying Football Life and not going live and updates going in here, or the – I give mean, Fox the demerit too for the whole Skip Bayless thing. But the fact they let Skip like come back on there after his like very insensitive tweet and like barely be like that wasn't even really an apology what he did.
1: Nah, it seems like he was just brushing things aside. Um, you know, Skip's always been a guy who's all about clickbait, right? He's always about getting a rise out of people. He's always about saying things that teeter on the line of what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. But there comes a point where you just have to be a human being. You set that character that you're paid to play aside and you just act like a human and he just never seems to really take advantage of that. You know, when people can see him in a different light, he will he's always going to be the skip that's on television, right? The one that we see and you either like or really don't like. In my case, I don't really care for him. He's not my taste. But I thought that what he, it wasn't really about what he said. It was the fact that he just didn't Set football aside. Just a man's life is in the balance here. Skip, can you wait 30 minutes to tweet something? Can't you just wait to talk about the game or what they should do about the game till tomorrow? Do you have to tweet 10 minutes after it happens? Um, that's really what I thought. I thought the timing was just awful. And the fact that he's just so stubborn that he can't just admit fault, it goes to show. I mean, and you can see that him and Shannon Sharp seem to be on the outs. I mean, they already had their issue a few months ago when he was talking about. Shannon not being as good as Tom Brady, as weird as that sounds, um, comparing the two. So they they were already a little bit on the fence w- with their relationship. I think this is just kind of the nail in the coffin when it comes to undisputed.
0: Yeah, I mean, Skip's not wrong for thinking. but Skip is wrong for, like, that's the moment I got to talk about it. Like, everybody else, like, every, like, I watched ESPN next day a little bit, too. I mean, like, they didn't really talk about the meaning of when, what happens to this game until Wednesday. Like, that was, like, the, I felt the appropriate time period to, like, start having that discussion.
1: Yeah, and you know what? I don't think many people would have said something if he if he tweeted something about the game middle of the next day. I really don't. Um, sure, maybe some people would have said maybe too soon. Let's wait to see if we hear anything positive about Hamlin's situation first before we address anything else. But I think the fact that he just didn't wait at all was just it, it, it was it, it disgusted me personally, um, and I thought that you know he really deserved to be suspended by Fox at the very least, but you know, who knows what's going through their
0: mind. Yeah. Enough about Fox though. And look at notes, take shift gears a little bit over to the giants here. And we, we talked, I talked to our friend, Dan Martinez last week. he correctly called. He said this game, they're going to be in it for the first quarter of the Colts. And then the Giants going to be running away and throwing confetti in the second quarter. That's exactly what happened here. What's your big takeaway from the giant Colt game?
1: Yeah. I mean, Mike, you, you know me, I'm a season ticket holder have been for 20 years. And the atmosphere at MetLife was about as electric as it's been since 2016 when they went 7-1 and at home, made the playoffs, and then the inevitable I'm on a boat, the wide receiver picture. We all know it. They um, haven't made the playoffs since. Um, but you know what? Now they're back in. And, you know, this is what I took away from the game. There's three things. Number one, Daniel Jones. He silenced a lot of doubters. I think he played his best game as a professional. Um, passes were sharp, he was extremely opportune in the run game, and he didn't make any mistakes. The chance he received at the end of the game by the crowd were well-deserved, and it's got to feel great for a guy who's had plenty of struggles, taken his criticism, but he's kept his head down, he's worked hard to earn the respect of his teammates, coaches, fans, and honestly, the league itself. Um, On the other side of the ball, I mean, who doesn't love a good comeback story? And I mean, Landon Collins. I mean, This guy was completely written off. He was—he didn't have a job at the beginning of the season. He was not great getting hurt towards the end of his four-year contract, I believe, with Washington. The Giants pick him up, but they say, you know what? We don't have a connection to you because the Dable Shane campaign, they don't have a connection to landing Collins. Only the Giants organization as a whole does. So they said, come back, earn your keep, work hard, and maybe we can find a spot for you on the roster. He earns his way back in about four weeks. And he didn't pout. He just went to work. Then the last three games, he's played about half the defensive snaps Hit a sack against Minnesota. And then of course he blows the game wide open with a pick six to just the crowd exploded. It was not only just the fact that the giants were up 21, three for the first time. God knows when, but it was also the fact that Landon Collins is somebody who is beloved in New York. Like we, when we lost him, that was like a gut punch because he was the heart and soul of the defense in 2016. If you don't, if you remember, he was a, Defensive player of the year candidate. I think he finished like third in the voting that season. So that's just a guy that was a key. He was a cog in the Giants' D. And to have him back on the field, not only just on the field, but having success and making game-changing plays, it was incredible. Um, and lastly, just one more thing. Isaiah Hodgins. I want to point out Isaiah Hodgins. He was drafted by the Bills. He's been on the Bills for a couple of years, kind of back and forth between the practice squad and whatnot. But I think the Giants have something in this guy. Um, he's six foot four, two 210 pounds. He has a knack for finding the soft spots in the zone, which when you have a guy like Daniel Jones who uses his leg to, legs to extend plays, it's, it's so important to have a big body that can find those soft spots because Daniel Jones continues to find him week after week. He scored touchdowns in four of his last five games. And what he did against Patrick Peterson, not only stat-wise, I think he had it was eight receptions, 89 yards and a touchdown but he was playing the mental game. This is a guy that's barely played in the league. He's been, like I said, back and forth from practice squad to at the bottom of the depth chart. And he's jawing at Patrick Peterson and not only jawing, but backing up that smack talk, scoring touchdown, catching a bunch of balls. Um, And it makes Giants fans almost forget about that Joker, Kenny Yaw. They paid him 72 million, but I think maybe they have something in, in, in Hodges to kind of fill that role that they've needed because the Giants haven't had a big body like that. Since Plaxico Burris, um, Plaxico Burris was somebody who I think Eli tremendously benefited from when it came to his growth as a quarterback. Having a guy where you can really rely on as a safety net like that is huge for the development of of a young guy. I know DJ's not that young, but got to bring back Hodgins next year. Really got to give him a shot to win a starting role because I think he has the tools that you want in a one or a two.
0: Yeah, I would definitely agree with all that stuff here. And for you, I got to say, going into this year, I'm sure there was no scenario in your mind that, oh, the Giants are going to be a playoff team this year. I'm sure you probably thought, oh, maybe, you know, schedule's kind of soft, maybe they'll win like six, seven games, you know, like be heading in the right direction. I don't think there's any scenario in your wildest way that you said, oh, what, this is going to be a playoff team.
1: You know, I'm not going to say that I was confident in them being a playoff team, but I, I when they started out the way they did, it wasn't the most shocking thing I've seen because I saw quickly after week one what the, the culture that Brian Dable was not only creating, but just his his demeanor on the sidelines, the way he coached. Um, them going for two against Tennessee in that at the end of the first game, not only that, but coming back and then going for two to win the game and, and actually converting it. That wasn't giants like that wasn't that wasn't what the, any coaches in, in in previous years that we that we giants fans have seen um, have done. So once I saw that, it gave it completely changed my mindset. I was like, all right, well you know what? If they can start winning games like this consistently, maybe there is a chance they sneak into the playoffs. And you know what they did? I'm happy that they clinched last week because that you're not really sneaking in when you clinch a week before. You're in. You don't have to backdoor your way into the seventh seed. They're a sixth seed. They're cemented, and I think it's just something to build off of because um, I want to just talk about the fact that, you know, obviously the Giants dominated all three facets of the game against the Colts. That's the kind of stuff that winning teams do, not teams that are just borderline. We don't know what they are. This is is how you develop a culture. You say, all right, we're going to smack a team in the mouth that doesn't want to be there. They've been checked out for the last few weeks. We don't let them hang around. Maybe the first couple of drives, they have a little bit of momentum, but as soon as they make that first mistake, bam, we take advantage of it. That's exactly what they did. So proud of them. I, I think Brian Dable is far and beyond what we could have ever imagined as a head coach, and I think he's going to be here for years to come.
0: Yeah, that's for sure here. And obviously right now they're going into a Sunday. It sound, the game is meaningless against the Eagles. The Eagles are trying to go for home field. Giants cannot move up or down from six. They are locked in here. Would you expect them to, you know, sort of take the the, the foot off the gas here and rest on some guys? I can't blame them because they've been banged up so much all season long.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Giants and the Jets, you know, I'm going to bring up your Jets here too, just always seem to have the worst injury luck of all time. I know every fan's going to say that, and I could probably agree with that. Like, I'm being a little I'm over-exaggerating, but the Giants have, have been ravaged with injuries all season. Still haven't gotten Adoree Jackson back. We just got Xavier uh, McKinney back which is huge for that defense. Um, my opinion, I'm not saying sit everybody, but sit all the key guys. There's going to be a few guys that I want, you know, that are maybe young, you know, rookies like Thibodeau or, or Neil that you want to get their reps. So maybe you play them for a, a, a small part of the game, maybe first half, but you're not there. You're not there in Philly to win the game. You just put the guys out there. You, you, you try to just not get embarrassed, but we we can't afford to take any injuries because the Giants are going to be going into either San Francisco, but more likely looking like Minnesota, and they they were this close. They were a 61 yard field goal away from beating Minnesota a few weeks back. So if you have want to have a chance of winning that game, you got to be healthy. And and, and you know what, Dory Jackson looks like he'd be he'll be coming back by the playoffs. So if they just kind of sit everybody and let it ride, um, I think uh, I, I think Giants fans will be more than content with 9-7-1 in a playoff first.
0: Yeah, I think I would agree with that here. And we'll put the Giants aside now here. Before we get to the picks here, I wanted to sort of discuss the Week 18 scheduling here. I mean, take Bill's Bengals out of it because that was a, that's a whole separate issue here. But the league made some very strange choices here. Like Even before the Monday night game happened here, I thought, A, putting the Raiders on Saturday did not, the Chiefs Raiders on Saturday did not make much sense because they were trying to, you know, Go for the ratings as opposed to like keeping it fair for the playoff home field situation here because there is a scenario that the Bills Bengals got completed where the Bills knew their fate, they could lay down that game against the Patriots, which would potentially impact the wild card race. And B, like the big more agrees on me is like putting Packers lying on Sunday football here because they are they should have been at the same time as Seattle because if Seattle wins, Detroit's out before they even take the field, and that's kind of messed up for Seattle where they no, might get a team that doesn't get much of an effort.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's the the Aaron Rodgers treatment, right? You know, he's the biggest star to get into the playoffs. You know, he's a quarterback. He's had a lot of success, big name. That's what they're doing here. It's not the Packers treatment. It's the Aaron Rodgers treatment. Jordan Love was the starting quarterback of the Packers. Would they be doing this? Probably not. Um, If anything, I think the Lions are the best story. You know, if you want to go by storyline, what's – What's a more likable story or a likable team than Dan Campbell's Lions? These guys scratch and claw their way back from the doldrums. I think what, 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 they what were they one in six, and now they're now they're they're battling for for the uh, for the final playoff spot in the NFC, and I think that's just awesome. Um, so, I mean, I, I would love to see Detroit in them, and who wouldn't? Because you know, we I don't think I, I know that Green Bay's been playing great football the last few weeks, but I don't see them winning games. You know, I, I I don't I don't see them having an impact. The Lions they they could they could be a little more um of a difficult out. Um, I really think that competitively and and just but I but also it's hard to say what to expect from that game on a Sunday night. I don't know what the weather's going to be like, but you you know how it is this time of year in Lambeau. That's a tough game to win. Like that couldn't be a more crummy situation for anybody but the Packers.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's the thing that just annoys me is that like all we hear about is the you know oh like we of our years like we got to do competitive balance the last week of the season we got the game at the most mean here they had the one game that was winner ring was the AFC South final game and they said you know we want no part of that on Sunday Night football NBC probably didn't want to use it they said, we'll just punt it on Saturday and just sort of screw everybody else that way just to get get maximize the ratings so I don't ever want to hear the NFL saying again that it's about competitive integrity when they chose the ratings.
1: Yeah, couldn't agree more. I think it was a little cowardly, um, if, if I could use a, another word, um, for them not to put the Titans' Jags um, on Sunday night. But, you know, what are you, you going to do at this point?
0: Yeah, nothing you can do at this point. Hopefully, I mean, I'm sure somebody's going to be upset on Sunday, whether it's the Dolphins, whether it's the Steelers, whether it is the Lions, the Seahawks. Somebody's going to be pissed off with their draw because of this.
1: Yeah, and, and they'll they'll lodge a formal complaint that'll be stashed away and never looked at by the NFL.
0: <laughs> yep. Let's get to picking these games here, just the reason here. I mentioned our friend Dan Martinez here last week. He went one and two on the week. His win was on the Jaguars laying the four against the Texans. They wanted to run away. He had the 49ers laying the five, in Vegas ended up being overtime. because attended the Jared Stidham experiment working so well for them. He had the Panthers plus three, too. That looked like it was good for a bit until Tom Brady can't say, so you know, I'm just going to figure out how to throw like heavens today.
1: Yeah, well, Dan's a golf guy, so I mean, one and two is probably what we should expect.
0: <laughs> yeah, I had a better week. I went two and one on the week. I took your team laying the three and a half points. I said, Dan, this game's going to go over quickly. I was right, so got that one right. I had the Packers laying the three. They won that one, blowing out the Vikings. I took my team, too, laying two and a half. That was my losses. Unfortunately, my team just completely, like, crapped the bed. Is out of the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I was expecting a little more of a fight from the Jets. Um, Mike White, Kind of had a tough, tough go of it. Um, but, yeah, it was a tough place to play, so.
0: It is a tough place to play. On the year, the, t- the Challenger team is 24-26-1. I'm 22-28-1. Not good year either side, but it's going to be tight heading into the playoffs here. So, as the guest, you can go first. Where are you going to go with your first pick of the
1: week? All right. So, um, first game I wanted to talk about is the first game on Saturday. It's uh, Raiders- home against the Chiefs. I know the, I know the Raiders are eliminated. I know the Chiefs are playing a lock-up home field. But a rivalry is a rivalry. If you remember the first game, the first matchup this year, it was one of the best games of the season. With the Raiders coming down, scoring a touchdown, having a chance to tie it. They ended up going for two to try to win it. And David Carr, or sorry, uh, Derek Carr got stopped on the goal line, and they ended up losing by one. I think 9.5 is a half, the huge number for an away favorite in the, the divisional game. I like what I saw to sit him enough next week, last week to expect him to keep it within 10. Give me Raiders plus 9.5. I
0: love that pick, too, especially with how shaky Kansas City's defense has been, how sloppy they've been against some of these lesser teams. I mean, last week they let the Broncos like make Russell Wilson actually look good again. So I would not be shocked his game is closer than the 10-point spread. Yeah, absolutely. All right, are you going to pick two? Uh,
1: for pick two? We're going to go with the second game on Saturday, and that's the game that should have been on Sunday night. Jaguars minus six and a half versus Titans. Um, the old saying is there's no such thing as a lock, but this game feels about as close to it as possible. Titans are a little banged up. I know they're getting Derrick Henry back, but they're going to be running uh, Josh Dobbs out there. Versus a hungry, determined Jacksonville squad who's about as hot as any team in the league. I see this being a classic passing of the torch game. Tennessee's dominated the division last two seasons, but they'll inevitably hand the reins over to Trevor Lawrence, who looks poised to be the face of not only Jacksonville, but the division for the next decade. I think the Jags win this one easily. Yeah, I
0: like that pick, too. I feel like this has sort of been a runaway train for the Jags here. Tennessee, since they fired the GM, has been a complete free fall here. So I feel that like the collapse being complete feels appropriate. Yep, for sure. All right, where do you go with the last pick of the week?
1: Uh, can anyone seriously pick against Buffalo after what they experienced on Monday? Yeah. Um, they're not just playing for seeding or pride or to knock out a rival from playoff contention, which they would do if they beat New England. Um, they're playing for one of their brothers, who almost quite literally gave his life playing the game they all love. I imagine this one stays close for about eight minutes, just like Giants close last week. Um, and I think it resembles something of what we saw in the wildcard matchup last season I'm going to go Bills by a million.
0: Yeah, I feel like especially now we heard that Damar Hamlin's father talked to the Bills. They said he wants you guys to go play. This is like what he would want you to do. I feel like they're going to come out very inspired. They're going to blow the doors off the Patriots.
1: Absolutely. I mean, this is just this is more than football for these guys right now. They're they're playing for their brother. So I, I just can't see how the Patriots have a shot.
0: Yep, that's for sure. And Bills Mafia, too,
1: going to be backing this, this team up big time. Oh, without a doubt. Still, and, and, you know, especially since they still even have a chance to lock up a one seed. Or, I mean, or maybe not. Yeah, if, if Kansas City happens to um, slip up, you know, against the Raiders somehow, who knows? If they lose, if, if the Chiefs lose on Saturday, this place is going to be going crazy. All right, so you're on the board now,
0: up of my picks. Pick number one. And I'm going to go with the game involving two teams that are not out of this, not in this at all, but... I'm taking the Texans getting two and a half at in Indy against the Colts, and I watched the Colts last week. I watched the Colts on the Monday night game after Christmas here. They put me to sleep both games. I cannot ser- take them seriously they going to show up and actually put an effort in this game. The Texans have been feisty. Texans have been playing hard. Even if they get the number two pick, the Bears already have a quarterback, so they're not going to be like, dealing with the risk of losing out on uh, Bryce Young here. I think the Texans go out and win this football game outright. So I'm going to take the two and a half points the Houston pick one.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with you. I think the Texans are, uh, you know, just a better coached football team, obviously. They're a team that has a little more hunger uh, going into the last game of the season. So I, I agree with
0: you there. Let's nice pick one. Pick number two. I'm going to take the Steelers laying a two and a half against the Browns at home here. And right now, based on the schedule here, they are playing at one o'clock. So they're going in the kick knowing they still have a shot this game here. Laying a field goal, less than a field goal against a Browns team that has not been very good. I know they beat the Commanders last. So year because' also see that Carson Wentz throwing the football to them like every chance he could. I think Pittsburgh here, they're going to finally get Mike Tolland to extend that streak of not having a losing season. So they're going to still be alive at the end of the 1 o'clock window. I don't know if they're going to be good enough, depending on if the Jets show up against the Dolphins here. But I'll take the Steelers laying a 2.5 for pick 2.
1: Yep, I was going to say the same thing. Steelers haven't had a losing season since 2003, and I don't them uh, breaking that streak. That's
0: right, pick two. Pick three. I feel like it's just all set up here for the Packers, laying the four and a half on Sunday against the Lions here. I think Seattle's gonna win. I think Detroit will come out. They'll play a little hard, but I think it's one of those things where like, Green Bay gets out hot. Detroit's gonna kind of you know take the foot off the gas once they realize you know, like, what are we doing here? We're going home anyway. You know Like, why not like, why kill ourselves this game? I think it ends up being a Packer route. Like I remember 2009 with the Bengal jets on that game, when the Bengals had nothing to play for, they played for about a quarter and they gave up. I think the same things that happened here. Packers by a million, your words. So pick three.
1: Oh, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm my, the heart, my heart hopes that the lions just make this a great Sunday night, classic football game at Lambeau. Um, my head is kind of starting to agree with you, Mike. I, I, I hope the Lions will be able to at least make a half of good football, but it, it could get ugly in the second half.
0: All right, so to reset the picks for the week, Phil's taking the Raiders getting 9.5 at home against the Chiefs on Saturday. The other Saturday game, Jacksonville laying 6 at home against the Titans in the AFC Championship game. And the Bills laying 7 at home against the Patriots. My picks, the Texans plus 2.5 against the Colts in Indy the Steelers laying two and a half against the Cleveland Browns and game two seventy two, the Packers laying four and a half at home against the Detroit Lions. Those are your picks for week 18. We are closing out the regular season next week on the picks. I'm going to be joined by our good friend, Phil Frazier going to be here for super wildcard weekend. We can talk more about the giant game or whoever they're playing.
1: Let's hope it's Minnesota because I don't think we have a shot in hell against San Francisco. <laughs>
0: I mean, right now I feel like the mask gonna sort of hold up that way because I think Arizona is not really gonna show up in that game. I think Sam's gonna lock up the two to, with this with the win today.
1: Exactly. Fingers
0: fingers crossed, but crazier things have happened, Mike. Absolutely, Phil. Thanks for all the time. Really appreciate it. Always a pleasure. All right, that will do it for our week 18 NFL preview show. I want to thank our guest Phil Lombardo, who just heard doing the NFL picks, a little general NFL conversation as well. You market stuff like this podcast, including My look at some of the Jets' options at quarterback for 2023. And the list is definitely going to be altered a little bit based on how this situation plays out with the Zach Wilson stuff and what we saw in Seattle last week. Check out the vlog or wordpress.com. Check out the Sky Guys podcast. The season two of the Bad Batch is now out. The premiere podcast recaps up on the Sky Guys podcast feed. That's Bad Batch coverage is staying on that feed. It's not coming over here. So if you like the Star Wars stuff and you are a Bad Batch fan, Subscribe to Sky Guys Podcast. You'll get all that covered. Same podcast platform at the top of the show. You can also follow me on Twitter, mphillips331. That's mphilips i p s three three one. And that's going to do it for this week on the podcast. Coming up next week here, we're going to get you ready for the playoffs. Go ahead to Super Wildcard Weekend. Take with all the games. That's a big focus on the Giants here. We'll pick them as well and more. Until then, have a good week, everybody.